solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to today's Wednesday show of Locked On Texans, your daily Texans talking news update of part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John, some sports guy, Hickman, happy to kick off today to discuss Houston and their possible quarterback situation. But of course, I cannot do this with, with none other than the greatest co-host in the world. Texans reporter for ESPN Houston and USA Today Texans Wire Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. On this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to discuss the latest news surrounding Deshaun Watson, where there was a report that dropped from an ESPN reporter on his podcast that Deshaun Watson has begun settling with a number of his accusers so john and i are going to get into that really quick and then speaking of Deshaun watson we all know that the houston texans are going to start a rebuild and when you talk about the houston texans rebuild you cannot go without talking about what nick casario and the texans did during the 2021 nfl draft and every single time here, us here on Locked on Texans, the guys over at Texans Unfiltered, the guys on Sports Radio 610, the guys on ESPN 97.5. Every single one of us, every time we talk about the Texans draft class of 2021, nine times out of 10, we are all discussing Davis Mills. Can he take the reins over from Deshaun Watson when they make that transition out of this Deshaun Watson era? Who is Davis Mills? What can Davis Mills do? However, ladies and gentlemen, what about the other guys that the Houston Texans drafted? Later on today, I'm going to be joined by the host of Locked On Michigan Wolverines, Isaiah Hole, as he discusses Nico Collison's time at Michigan, what type of player the Houston Texans are getting, and picking his brain to see if the Texans actually gave up too much in order to move up in the draft to get their guy in Nico Collins. And just to refresh you guys' mind that when the Texans moved back up in the third round to draft Nico Collins, they gave up two fourth-round picks, one of which was a 2022 draft pick and a fifth-round pick as well in exchange with the Carolina Panthers. So we're going to get into that later on in the show. And then to wrap up the show, John and I are going to share our thoughts on Nico Collins and has our expectations changed after having this one-on-one sit-down with Isaiah Hole. However, ladies and gentlemen, Let's get this show kicked off with the latest news surrounding Deshaun Watson and his sexual allegations lawsuit. And boy, it seems like things are starting to clear up for Deshaun Watson. As John and I talked about doing yesterday's installment of Locked On Texans, things have been pretty quiet for Deshaun Watson. As a matter of fact, we are approaching, if I'm not mistaken, two months ever since the first allegation dropped in March about Deshaun Watson and the sexual allegations. And for the first month and a half, it seemed like Every single day, something was said about Deshaun Watson and the sexual allegation lawsuit. We know that there have been, what, at least three or four emergency hearings. And it's it's funny that the last hearing that they have is a little over, what, 16, 17 days now. And ever since the last hearing that Rusty Harding and 
Tony Busby had, we have not heard anything, which led me and John to believe that nine times out of 10, you're looking at a situation where Deshaun Watson might be settling in order to get his life back on track. On yesterday, this theory that me and John been talking about here on Locked on Texans was basically confirmed as a report by Mark Ryan from ESPN on his podcast that was released on yesterday. He said that he is starting to hear rumors that Deshaun Watson has actually started settling with a number of his accusers and i'm not surprised by this news and john i'm pretty sure you feel the same i'm not surprised by this news because we all know that a deshaun wants out of houston and two and most importantly because of this unfortunate turn of events that took place in deshaun's life nine times out of ten teams were always going to trade for deshaun however a number of teams matter of fact nearly every single team who was putting themselves in a situation kind of backed off because there was so much uncertainty surrounding Deshaun Watson. We saw a number of teams, i.e. the Carolina Panthers, go out and make a trade for a young quarterback that they feel could be their franchise quarterback moving forward. We saw other teams, i.e. the New York Jets and the San Francisco 49ers actually go out and draft a young quarterback like Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, putting themselves in a position where they feel they actually have their quarterback for the future now you still have a handful of teams like the philadelphia eagles the Denver broncos um some still like to say the miami dolphins as you guys know i feel the dolphins could be on that list but it seemed like they're going to wait wait it out with tour at least for this year as i continuously mention here on this show but there is only now like what three or four teams who are still trying to position themselves for deshaun watson and then you also take a look at the Denver broncos they are hell-bent on trying to get Aaron Rodgers to go to their organization. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up, because when you start hearing the news that Deshaun Watson is starting to settle, according to Mark Ryan from ESPN, when you start hearing rumors that Deshaun Watson is starting to settle, ladies and gentlemen, let's still keep an open mind about this situation, because at the end of the day, we all still do not know the facts on what happened there's only two people who knows what went on behind those closed doors doing these massages that's Deshaun Watson and whatever masseuse that he was working with at the time and just because he is settling that does not necessarily mean that he's guilty because I'm pretty sure Deshaun is ready to put this nightmare behind him and just move on with his life and for the Houston Texans side of things, this might be best case scenario for them as well. Because, yes, I am under the belief that the Texans should hold on to Deshaun for at least another year to build up his trade value to see what team is still going to give up the form for this guy. The sooner Deshaun can end this nightmare for himself, the sooner the Texans can move on and start their transition out of this Deshaun Watson era. Because let's face it, the longer Deshaun stays on this roster, the longer that this is going to continue to hold the Houston Texans back. And as someone who actually covered the Texans and actually hoped that they find success in the near future, 
the last thing I would hate to see happen to this organization is to have this Deshaun Watson situation continuously hang over their organization like a dark cloud. Yeah, I just think it's time. You know, this is something that we speculated uh, over the course of the last, you know, two to three weeks, uh, especially stronger in the last week or so that, you know, eventually as quiet as it's been, and I have my own beliefs about Houston moving on before the season, but as quiet as it had been, then, you know, logically speaking, settlements were getting, you know, contracted up. And that's okay. It's time to move on. If you can move on, redeem whatever you can of yourself, your image, which is really difficult to do uh, as a man, as a black man, uh, playing the sport of football. So it's time to just move on for both parties. And I think Houston is prepared to do that, regardless of what they get back in any trade. They're prepared to do that with the drafting of Davis Mills, um, with signing Tyrod Taylor, which we believed when this happened two months ago that that was the initial first sign that they were, you know, done. They're moving on. Um, yeah, for, it's, it's just time to move on, man. I, like, I, what can we, what else can we say outside of it's time to move on? There's nothing else we can say. So, you know, be prepared to have a rough couple of years without Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Sooner or later, no matter what happens, we will get clarity about the future of Deshaun Watson with or without the Houston Texans. Hey, Texans fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering complimentary bottles to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by testosterone, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass plus text now and they'll include a bottle of nugenics thermo their most powerful fat incinerator ever with the key ingredients to help you get back in shape and it's absolutely free text draft to 231-231 that's draft to 231-231 message and data rate supply and we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. And joining me right now, as promised, is Isaiah Hole, the host of Locked On Wolverine and the reporter of Wolverine Wire. Isaiah, welcome to Locked On Texans, my man. Glad to have you. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, as you know, Nico Collins, the wide receiver, was re was drafted by the Houston Texans in the third round with the 89th overall pick. And as someone who covered Nico Collins during his three of his four seasons at Michigan, what type of receiver do you believe the Texans are getting? And is there a player in the NFL that you can kind of compare Collins to so our listeners can get an idea and get an understanding of who Nico Collins might be well uh, uh, first off i'll be up front i don't watch a lot of nfl football i'm pretty mired in the whole college thing <laughs> no uh, so sometimes i'll have a game on but i'm not paying close attention uh, i do have a have uh, it's, it's kind of a comparison to when i did watch but I, it's more of a comparison to another michigan player um and it's not necessarily accurate but uh first off i mean he's an he's a number one type receiver uh he he, he didn't leave Michigan. Uh, his big year was 2019, uh, where uh, where he was second on the team. That was kind of his breakout. But he, he led the team in yards per catch, 
whereas Ronnie Bell uh, became more of the, the go-to in the sense of he was the guy that they'd hit underneath. He'd get the yards after catch. But Nico is, is your typical kind of your throwback number one receiver. He's 6'4". Uh, he's extremely fast. Runs like a 4'4". I mean, I know he was clocked at like a 4'3 sometime last spring, uh, but in his pro day, he ran a 4'4". Uh, he's the type of guy that is going to be your downfield threat. He can catch that 50-50 ball. Uh, he's more likely to come up with it than he isn't most of the time. And he's the type of guy that, like, I, I think that if Michigan's scheme hadn't changed kind of overnight, like it did going from 2018 to 2019, 2018, they weren't really throwing the ball much. It was more of a run-heavy offense, grind them out type of offense. 2019, they were intent on passing the ball, but it was a little bit more get the get the ball to someone underneath in space and let them go with it and uh yet nico was still there was still a you know a big place for him in that offense because he was able to stretch the field i think if he has a quarterback that is accurate and you know has a big arm and can throw downfield uh that's what's going to benefit him the most and that's what he is best at in my eyes is he's he's that typical throwback number one receiver uh that you used to see in the nfl now obviously you saw a premium go on smaller shiftier guys uh i mean it's no surprise given what uh what you've seen from the alabamas and lsus in recent years that guys like jamar chase and Devontae smith and jalen waddle would be you know that they're they're going for those under six foot super fast guys but at the same time nico is the type of guy that if you throw it up to him like I said, chances are he's going to come down with it. Uh, he, he's got great hands. He's got great concentration. And even with, uh, I've seen plenty of times where he's had a corner or any kind of defensive back draped on him to the point where he should not be able to come down with the football, and yet he does. So that's, uh, that's what, he's getting, what you're getting in, in Houston. Uh, as far as uh, who he compares to, I think he's he's kind of in a way like Braylon Edwards. Maybe not as dominant in the college level, maybe an, an inch or so shorter, not quite as bulky. But I think that that kind of works for what today's NFL is. And he's a guy that's staying in shape. I I he's still in Ann Arbor because I just saw him uh, on Saturday. I was leaving the house and I was driving out, and uh, he was out there for a run. So I I stopped and said hey to him real quick. But he's uh. He's, you know, he's, and he was running though. That's the thing is he, he's not even, he's not a guy that rests on his laurels. He, you know, he very well could have been like, well, I got drafted. I don't, you know, let's just take a, take a little bit of time, you know, to, to myself. No, it's a week later and he's, he's out for, and I'm not even saying a jog. He was out for a run on the, uh, on the sidewalks here in Ann Arbor. So you've got a really humble guy with an excellent work ethic to, to go along with the fact that he is a number one type receiver. Isaiah, let me just say, with this first question that I asked you, I'm very excited. More, well, let, let me just say this: I'm a little bit more excited about Nico Collins coming here to Houston, especially you know when you started talking about the fact that he is that traditional throwback number one receiver. And um, you know, one of the things that I love is his size. You know, he stands six four in the Houston Texans over the past year. For some reason, they thought it was a good idea to build their receiving core that was built around receivers who stands what. 
six foot or under, and of course relying on their speed, but the Texans really needed a guy who has the size, and not only that, I'm glad that you talked about him um, being that number one receiver that, as you know, the Texans need that as well because not only do you take into consideration that DeAndre Hopkins uh, is no longer a part of this team, but Brandon Cooks, who was who was the Texans' number one receiver last year, um, I'm, I'm not too sure he's going to be a part of this team moving forward after next season. However, with that being said, I do want to touch on something you said. You said that, you know, it seems like he could be the type of guy that if he has a quarterback who can get the ball downfield, he's going to be even better. With that being said, Isaiah, do you believe that Nico Collins is the type of receiver who can excel no matter who his quarterback is? Because let's be honest, yes, he's coming to the Texans, but they're losing what a top five quarterback in Deshaun Watson. And it seems like they're going to pair him alongside Davis Mills for the future. Uh, I, I think he can. Cause I mean, he, he really excelled. Like I, I have a lot of faith in what Shea Patterson brought to the table when he was in Ann Arbor. But the thing is, is when they opened the offense up for him uh, to, to be a little bit more pass happy, Shea got injured on the first play from scrimmage in 2019. So, he wasn't, and it was an oblique injury, so he wasn't able to really, uh, you know, get that rotation. And yet, Nico still thrived, right? Like, uh, especially when Shea was kind of back to normal, and he never showed his five-star potential in Ann Arbor. But uh, at the same time, you look at games like what Nico had against Indiana with three touchdowns, uh, just an absolute force. I, I, I think that he is the type of guy that, as long as you get the ball in his vicinity, he can go get it. Now, it's a little bit incomplete because would have really loved to see what he could have done this year because Michigan had a first-time uh, first starter in Joe Milton, and they eventually ended up going to Cade McNamara, also a first-time starter. But uh, Nico was, was planning on, on playing this season. Then the Big Ten canceled the season, so he went down to Pensacola to start working out. And then the Big Ten came back, and by that time, he'd signed with an agent. He'd taken money. With you know, he, he felt like even though he was still in school, uh, just so that he could get his degree, he, you know, he felt like he was a little bit too far removed. So, uh, would have been interesting to see what would have happened for him with with someone who was a little bit more green. Uh, so, kind of similar in that situation. In this situation of uh, if if Watson is out and Davis Mills ends up being the guy, then. It'll be interesting to see, but the, I think he is the type of guy that he can be a security blanket for someone who can just kind of heave it. Get, you know, it doesn't have to be. When I say someone has to be accurate, I just kind of, I kind of am more talking about if you really want to see him completely thrive. But I do think that he is the type of guy that you can, you can throw a, you, you can, you can throw those 50-50 balls. Actually, if you want a really good comparison. For nowadays, because this is a guy I'm relatively familiar with being in the Detroit market, would be Kenny Galladay. Uh, and I think it's after that both were third round picks. And now you see what, you know, Kenny Galladay just signed a max deal with the Giants. And uh, I think that uh, Nico's that type of guy where he, he's fast, he's tall, he's, he's a guy that, that can go out there and make big plays for you. It seems like that's kind of his MO is being able to make those big plays. And He's going to be bigger than pretty, you know, every defensive back out there for the most part. There, I know, are a few exceptions, but uh, he, and, and he's and he's fast, so uh, a little bit more downfield speed than a quick burst. But 
again, he's the type of guy that I think that if if you have a a first time quarterback and you're just looking for that security blanket, that not like your, not your check down, not your slot guy, but the guy that's going to get you 20 yards, which is what he averaged in his final year at Michigan. uh, That's, that's what Nico Collins is. So I think it can certainly be very beneficial uh, for the Texans to have him in this particular thing for that reason. I like that comparison, Kenny Galladay. If, if he gets to that level level of a course of passing, I would be happy. <laughs> Let me just say that. Um, Isaiah, were you able to see Nico Collins' senior bowl and pro day performance? And if so... Does it look like the issues that he was struggling with at Michigan? Does it seem like because he took that that one year off, does it seem like he was able to improve in that area? And with that being said, because he did not play last season, do you feel like Collins made the right decision to come out in this year's draft versus going back to school and waiting until the 2022 draft? Well, I, I didn't get to see either. Um, Pro Day is closed here, and I just I, I didn't get the a chance to look at any of the Senior Bowl stuff. But as far as like, I mean, he the same reason why he ended up going into the draft was the you know the reason why he couldn't come back. You know, he would have he would have played this past year if he hadn't taken money from an agent. Now I know there was a there was a clause that you could appeal and all of that. And, he still felt like he was too far gone at that mm-hmm. point. So he would have played in 2020 if he could have. And definitely like if, if those things ended up already being true, then he wouldn't have been, you know, been able to come back in 2021. And, and uh, so that's, he was just kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because of that. So uh, he was kind of forced to go into the NFL draft since he had gone to start preparing. But uh, I mean, I am curious to see, I mean, regardless of, what he was able to do in pro day, what he was able to do in the senior bowl. He, he had a year off of football. I think that can be difficult for anyone. So I'd like to say that that's something of a challenge, no matter, no matter what, because he didn't, he didn't have a, a year, but I mean, at the same time, Michigan played six games. So I don't know how much of a difference playing six games compared to uh, playing a, you know, 13, you know, whatever, what, you know, what that, you know, what difference that makes. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, I, I'm sure he's ready to go. He looks like he's in excellent shape. He looks the same. I've seen him a couple times since uh, uh, around, you know, around in the last month or so. Uh, and, he, you know, seeing him running and seeing him just kind of around Ann Arbor. And, I mean, he looks the same as he ever has. He doesn't look like he's, you know, running. He didn't look like he lost a step. So I, I'd say that bodes well. I think it's just about, you know, getting into – Getting into practice and getting those live reps is going to be really crucial for him. Last question before getting out of here. Were you surprised that the Texans traded up to acquire Collins? And do you believe Houston paid too steep of a price in order to move back up into the third round to get their hands on Nico Collins? Because they did give up two fourth round pick, one of which is coming in 2022 and a fifth round pick. Um, They made that exchange with the Carolina Panthers. No, I'm not. I, I don't think it was a bad move at all. I, I, I was. Uh, I'm not really a Lions fan, but Lions were picking not too long after that. I was kind of hoping he was going to fall to the Lions because <laughs> they, they, they were looking for a receiver in the the third or fourth round, and they ended up going and getting one in the fourth. But um, 
I had seen Bruce Feldman did a in the Athletic did a Q and A Q&A with a bunch of different anonymous scouts and GMs, and some of them said that they'd be surprised if he would have made it outside of the uh, second round. Mm. So I uh, the, obviously he did, and you know he made it. He almost made it out of the third round as it was. So I think that he's that that type of guy, and like like it, you know with my comparable uh, comparable of Kenny Galladay or saying like he's kind of like a a slightly less dominant looking Braylon Edwards again the college Braylon less the NFL version. I think that that uh, I think that that you know of course you want to go out and get a guy like that if you get him in the third round and I think it is kind of a no matter what it takes so I think it was a good move for for that sake because I think he will be a uh, the number one receiver for the Texans if not this year then certainly sometime in the next two years uh, I think he's you know I think he was easily Michigan's best receiver and there's a lot to really like about what he brings to the table so uh, I think that it's an excellent, excellent uh, move to to go out and get him, get a guy that certainly wasn't falling just because because he was wasn't that you know talented. I think it was the fact that he didn't play this past year, and you had all these hot shot guys, including a Heisman Trophy winner that went before. So a lot of a lot of teams went out and got their wide receivers early, and you had someone like Nico who didn't play, you know. St- it's still out there. I think anyone would want to be able to go out and get a guy that that compares pretty favorably to a guy like Kenny Gallagher, right? Most definitely. And Isaiah, let me be the first one to say on behalf of the Houston Texans fan base, this interview nine times out of 10, including myself, has gotten us extremely excited about the arrival of Nico Collins coming here to the Houston Texans. Isaiah Ho, the host of Locked On Wolverines. Isaiah, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Uh, you can find me at uh, at Isaiah Hole on any platform of your choice. When I say any platform, I pretty much mean it. Like, I don't, I don't really recommend you follow me on Pinterest, but uh, <laughs> I don't know why I even have one. But uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok, any of the above. That's uh, that's where you can find me. Bid online is the fastest and easiest way to bid on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and, of course, all of your UFC and MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use promo code locked on. Again, promo code locked on. Once again, that was Isaiah Hole, the host of Locked On Wolverines and also the um, reporter for USA Today, Michigan Wolverine Wire. And John, Nico Collins to me is by far the most intriguing prospect the Houston Texans have on their roster right now. And I don't know about you, but after listening to that interview, I must say that I am 
10 times more excited about Nico Collins' arrival here in the city of Houston because first and foremost, as you heard um, Isaiah say that he believed that Isaiah can be a guy who can be the Texans' number one receiver. I think one thing that I like about Nico Collins, just looking at his collegiate film, is he put up decent numbers with a struggling offense, in a struggling offense, with a struggling quarterback, uh, with a primary off, with an offense that primarily runs the ball in Michigan, so I I think that's very, I guess, the opposite of alarming. Like that's 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 a good feature because what we are expecting here in Houston is for Houston to run the ball. Uh, this uncertainty at the quarterback position really isn't there because nobody thinks Deshaun plays this year. So the immediate answer at quarterback is Tyrod Taylor. How much does Tyrod Taylor have left in the in the tank? What can he do after getting, what was it, his ribs, a lung puncture last? It was his lungs. So allowed just, his lungs, so that allowed Justin Hebert to take off. So what would he? what will he be this year for Houston in that offense? And if I'm looking at the two situations, similar to Chris Conley, you know, you're coming into an offense that does not have a lot of certainty or star power at quarterback, presumably this season, just like you did in Jacksonville. And you were, you know, good at the time for the snaps that you had on the field. For Nico Collins, the same way, man. And I love his speed. I love his size. I love his strength. I love his his, uh, his wingspan. I love his hands, has big hands. He can go out there, make some plays, of course. Coming into the league for anybody from the collegiate level, there are going to be changes that needs to be made. But I'm not going to sit here and act like he can't be effective in this league. I just wish he actually had a star quarterback to play with uh, instead of going from Shea Patterson to whether it's Tyrod Taylor, whether at some point, God forbid, we see Davis Mills take a couple of snaps or whoever they bring in. So. I'm John so Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Until we meet again, you guys have a great day, Houston. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day.